episode of CDM Media's Executive Insights. I'm your host, J.D. Miller, Vice President at CDM Media. We have a fantastic podcast for you today, and we'll be joined by Mayank Saxena, Chief Architect and Data Management at AVN AMRO. Today, we're going to talk about the current state of data management and how to transform your data management in 2020. It's going to be a great discussion. So when we return... Mayank has been advising companies in shaping their technology strategy, architecture, and innovation disciplines. He brings with him a wealth of experience wearing a lot of different hats in industry verticals, banking, retail, manufacturing, telecommunications, technology, defense, aerospace, oil, gas, energy, healthcare, education, financial services, and payments. And under various ownership structures, whether it's private, public, family-owned startup, in multiple geographies. He currently is the advisory board member for the Harvard Business Review, among a lot of other things. But without further ado, welcome, Mayank. Thanks, JD. That was a very long introduction, <laughs> but I'm glad eventually you, you and me could sit back and have this conversation about uh, what is the meaning of uh, data and the value that we can extract from it. So I hope the listeners over there who will be joining in for the podcast, they can reflect back and see their initiatives within the organizations to, to walk through and see where the value lies and start thinking a bit different from not just data perspective, but the people who consume data. Thanks, JD. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're recently slated to, to speak at a Benelux summit and your title was fascinating to me. It was corporate ecosystems to collective ecosystems. What are you getting at there? Yeah, so I'm getting at uh, the bigger mistakes uh, large corporations have done in the past. So uh, most of the times when we look at uh, companies, we look only within the moats and the fences and say, hey, we are doing the best. We are the biggest out there, uh, but eventually you will become either the blockbuster, Nokia or Kodaks of your own businesses and smaller fishes will eat the bigger shark eventually. So you need to constantly, even though you are on top of your business, you need to constantly look around for partnerships, opportunities or threats. So basically that was uh, my talk about and how to look from a different out of the box thinking rather than inside the box thinking. Your focus is, is data, right? And we now have a wealth of data at our fingertips as organizations, but where's their value in all of that? Could there be paralysis by analysis of this data? And, and you know, are we truly getting the, the, the value that we need? Yeah, so you are right on spot over there, paralysis by analysis. So in my original presentation, what I start the, the talk with is, uh, the front covers of HBR, where around 2012, they mentioned big data has a lot of value. Then in 2017, economists says it's the next oil, it's the next gold. Uh, but well, we have been there for the past one decade. Uh, we have a lot of data, both inside the organization, still we are scratching our heads, what data can bring to our customers. And in doing so, we also go outside of the organization and try to see if we can maybe add weather data to 
uh, optimize our retail channels, for instance. But that's like hitting a stone in the dark and trying to see if it might hit a bird and you get the goose back to your home. But that's a wrong way of looking at things. It's mostly about, hey, where the goose is, and maybe we just need to fire one bullet in order to get that goose back on the cooking plate. So uh, instead of rather looking into the data, what data, which data, you need to look at your customers. What do your customers want? And then draw the red thread line between them in their wants and needs and try to gather the, the exact data points that you need in order to provide value. Interesting. So talk to me a little bit <clears throat> about re-evaluating business strategy to, to better align with business needs. And, and how does a technologist you know, have that role within their organization? Yeah, so these are two different uh, questions with both push and pull. Uh, so uh, oftentimes when you see companies that are uh, best in their industries and practices, you have, I would say, uh, experienced people and experience has its own pitfall. Uh, reason being that you look only from the perspective, hey, my sales have been going up. So I know the game, uh, I can get into the game, I can get new customers opening a new retail store, for instance, in a market. So you have been uh, quite used to doing the same things repeatedly. So you're good at that. But that often is giving you also a myopic lens and just not looking outside what might be beginning to become a threat to your organization. So as Netflix kicked out Blockbuster, uh, or well, Yahoo said, we don't want to buy Google. They were thinking that, uh, well, we are best in the game. What would the new way of thinking bring to us? And uh, we have seen in the past what happened to these companies. Uh, so, uh, so I'll give an example in that case. Uh, when you go out in a in a market, you don't sell a product. Oftentimes, you don't sell a service. You need to sell experience. And if you start selling experiences, the products and the services need to come together in order to do so. But the ones who are more experienced within a company, they are saying, okay, we have this product. How many uh, sales figures do we got over there? How many services figures we got over there? So that is natural way of doing business. It will keep on going. But if you start looking from experience perspective, you will open new uh, territories. So uh, let's take an example of mortgages since I'm coming from the banking industry and we are looking into it from a B2C perspective. So in mortgage, banks will say, hey, we sold, sold a mod mortgage. But from a customer experience perspective, your journey, person who is looking for a house, doesn't start with going to the bank and say, hey, can you give me a loan of XYZ million dollars? Uh, it starts with the fact, hey, I, where is the place I want to settle in? And then at certain point, one of the touch points is the bank to get the mortgage approved. But then it doesn't stop over there. You might open a bottle of champagne that the real estate person gave to you because you won the, won the bid for the house. But then the trouble is to decorate the house, to move back, uh, pack the stuff, move in there, get a life term, uh, term life insurance policy. And eventually probably after six months to one year of tussles here and there. And nowadays the housing price, uh, market is still uh, going high, even though COVID has truck, uh, eventually you'll go and settle down. So banks come only in a place where they have to sell a mortgage, a small part of it. So we said, uh, why not we look into the entire customer journey and perhaps we can sell an experience uh, rather than one person, one client jumping from one office to another and say, open a platform where we can bring in all the participants 
who uh, who are able to sell the services on that platform and bank is just one step in the entire chain of that journey so this is the new way of thinking at least in our bank we are looking at so not just make the revenues out of uh, selling the mortgage but also having other players on the on the platform uh, on maybe a fee basis or percentage basis and then for the customer it's one stop pit shop where he can get everything uh, in a smoother fashion rather than trying to find every other person in that journey but how do technologies that second part you had how do technologies sit, uh, sit into this equation well that's because uh, having a platform and having this way of thinking uh, will not fit into the traditional mode of doing businesses so technologists know what uh, what are the possibilities out there so yeah elon must come came up with neuralink you don't need to install a neuralink chip into uh, a real estate in this case or somebody but technologists would at least know what are the leaps and bounds uh, possibilities are there with existing things that we have uh, under our arsenal so they can mix and match things already existing together with the ways of doing business and then voila you have a new way of probably thinking into entering into products and services it, it, explain to me the the shift from internal business enterprise to ecosystem. You'd mentioned people for passion and partnerships for projects. Explain that. Yeah, so uh, I th think I've covered people for passion. So once you have a uh, passion for your own employees, uh, you'll see. So off recently, in in uh, I'll take an example of New Zealand. Uh, so in New Zealand, Unilever, which is a Dutch company, said we'll be uh, experiencing starting off with a four week, uh, week uh, four days a week, uh, a normal day uh, for the uh, for the working class over there. And they said we'll run this experiment for one year and see if we need to roll it out to all Unilever Unilever branches in the world. And in the past, this kind of an experiment in New Zealand and, and, and Japan has been successful. So if you start looking after your own employees, I think employees will give you uh, benefits that you wouldn't be able to reap if you have, let's say, five days a week of uh, doing doing a job. So uh, that's one. So that's your first start to take care of the employees that actually uh, help you in generating the business and sustaining the business. But other than that, if you have a happy employee, he'll probably go an extra mile or two in order to retain the customer, or get a customer. So these are two ends of the people that run the organization. Organizations that is the people within the organization, the employees and the customers. So part of the customer journey, I already told you in the mortgage example, uh, but look at, looking into your own uh, industries, you can see how a customer journey can have an impact. So if uh, if I may, uh, not coming from the banking industry, before Abe Namro, I was working for Echo Shoes. Uh, so it's a Danish company, a family-run business. And uh, what they wanted to do was as soon as you order a, a pair of shoe, they wanted the customers to know what's happening with the packaging and shipping. So uh, as soon as you order on their app, you'll see, okay, your shoe, even though it was not, your shoe is getting manufactured in Indonesia now, where that many pair of hands have been involved with the names of those people, with some graphics around that. And now the, ship, uh, the shoe has been shipped from Indonesia to a, a center in Portugal. Now it is being packed over there. So it was inspired by uh, what Pizza Hut did. So it's see, completely different industry. When you order a pizza, it would show a clock in the shape of a pizza and say, okay, your pizza is about to be delivered in that many minutes. So we did uh, emulated that thing in how a shoe might be delivered and what are the touch points of employees that we are having in between. So what we saw that the brand engagement got higher 
people were uh, even though it is just informative you are not getting the product eventually but the people were regularly getting into the app uh, and trying to see where is my shoe and they were just fascinated by the statistics we were pushing out there so that's the customer side of it keep them engaged provide them an experience and that's why people are for passion both uh, inside and outside you had a great line around innovation connect collaborate compete cooperate prepare partner participate poach to innovate that's a lot to do where do yes. you start yeah so i'll take an example again from banking industry so we have one page snapshot of what our bank does uh, to give an example wealth management for high net worth individuals is one of the aspects that we op- uh, have services in uh, so uh, we look into every year there is a publication in netherlands called the dutch fintech and within that we look into all the companies that are big or small looking into the beta values we look uh, around which new companies are coming in that space so what we would see uh, do is with the, uh, with the innovation teams judge their innovation capabilities in order to bring a new wealth management product out in the market and also with our own uh, investment fund we'll try to say if that company is worth enough to invest in so what alternatives do we have uh, we say uh, well either we prepare our own wealth management capabilities further in order to compete with them so that we don't have to do anything but we are prepared what are the new fishes coming into the larger pond uh, then or uh, the other options that we have is uh, go and say hey you are selling good products why not also offer abn amro wealth management products through your own channels uh, or we will say okay your product is very nice let's uh, do a partnership so we invest in their companies and say we'll go for a 30 70 whatever the the results are we'll do a partnership in that and uh, the final choice is hey this is very exclusive thing they are launching we should sooner enough uh, buy out this company so these are the multiple ways of we can do a partnership or or connect with these kind of companies and this exercise happens every every year and uh, luckily it's not just an exercise we have invested in a lot of companies uh, we have also bought a lot of companies and re uh, reflagged them and re relaunched them into the market so they are called something else but eventual owners are abn amro let's look at 2021 Tell me about the future role of the data scientists in 2021 and beyond. How's it going to look different? Yeah, I think the data scientists need to be a bit worried about uh, and that's uh, the reason is if you are again looking only at the data then you'll write some couple of algorithms and you might do some facial scanning, you might do some things here. Every other nook and corner people are doing that. But I I like to quote a recent article in MIT Technology Review. uh that is as as recent as october 2020 and uh the people over there have come up with the uh algorithms of ai and ml uh that hardly need any data sets to be trained upon so i think it's a it's an article everybody who is interested into data and its science need to look into that article where the industry is moving in this case so uh, they need to be wary of but i would also also like to quote in order to recertify finding value is more important than data is uh, recently there was one and the only picture of black hole that has ever been taken was published uh, uh, in uh, in a lot of mediums and that picture took like couple of telescopes multiple continents uh, and that picture took around 5 petabytes of data uh, it needed 7000 hard disks 
to fill that small pixels and it was flown over by multiple aircrafts to uh, to one central location so that they can stitch all the different pictures to generate just one picture so imagine all these telescopes uh, 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 if they were pointing in the universe the scientists the astrophysicists knew in which area to find value and if they wouldn't have known where to find that value uh, the telescope might have been pointing towards all different directions of the universe so finding the value where you need to uh, where the value lies is key and then uh, supplementing it with the right data you need to uh, bring together so this was this example is like finding a needle in a haystack like as big as luxembourg so well if you want to offer all the data scientists if you want to uh, get millions and amounts of uh, uh, petabytes of amounts of data and start extracting information out there it would be a lot of time that by the time you'll you'll see something that is valuable for you or for somebody who is working for Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for, for diving into this. It's going to be an interesting year heading into 2021 and, and really the melding and shaping of, of roles in the technology sector is absolutely fascinating. Thank you, Mike, for, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, JD, for uh, yeah asking me to be over here. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this episode of CDM Media's Executive Insights. Be sure to check out past episodes on cdmmedia.com. Until next time, I'm J.D. Miller. Keep making connections.